Hello out there in podcast line and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network where your hosts have lots of opinions with zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, we give you our insight into the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host Hollywood and I'm joined by my co-host Adam. Hello. This week I give my thankful pick just in time before I sail off to the sunset known as maternity leave. Yeah, or paternity leave for you. Oh, paternity leave for yeah. me, yeah. So uh, the thankful movies, this is where we get a freebie pick. It could be anything. But the logic behind it is you're thankful that this movie exists. Right, not anything. You must be thankful for it. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Not the same as a birthday movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we are recording this uh, way before the episode comes out because my kids do in a few days. Yeah. So i getting this one under the gun. By the way, congratulations uh-huh. on your new birth. By the time this comes Thank out, you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. No, I, I, I did it live on the um, the Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, no, but by the time this comes out, it would have already been born. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. He will, have, yeah. he will be in the world. Yeah. Thank C- you. Cigars all around. <laughs> this movie. Oh, the movie I picked. Yes. I was uh, 1994's Pulp Fiction. Ooh. Let me give the synopsis and all that. It was This movie is written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. And the stars John Travolta, Samuel Jackson, Uma Thurman, Bruce Willis, Christopher Walken, Tim Roth, Harvey Keitel, Ving Rhames, Quentin Tarantino himself. Like, yeah, everyone's in this movie. Uh, let me drip, hit you with a brief synopsis. We'll go from there. The lives of two mob hitmen, a boxer, a gangster and his wife, and a pair of diner bandits intertwine in four tales of violence and redemption. I already know the answer. I ask this every week. Mm-hmm. Adam, have you ever seen this movie before? Several dozen times. In fact, As I. this last watching, I was quoting it uh, while it was playing, and Annie looks over at me like, "What? How many times have you seen this movie?" I said, "Too many." <laughs> yep, I was doing the same thing too. <laughs> Rami was on my lap, yeah, and I was just saying, going, uh, saying it as it was going. Uh, is it was this her first time watching it? No. Okay. This is her second time watching it under uh, my direction. Okay. Because uh, w- first time she said, I kind of remember it, but I, I think I've seen it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, you can't think you've seen this movie. This is something you need to know. So we put yeah. it on and then we put it on again today. It was, it was, oh, my God. Yeah. So the reason I picked this for the thankful movie, um, I originally want – so the only Tarantino movie we ever did was we did the Grindhouse double feature. Do you remember? Yes. Death so Wish did, uh, and uh, Planet Terror. Death Proof. Death Proof. Yeah, and uh, Planetary. So you're already thinking of Bruce. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I got Bruce on the brain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I originally wanted to do Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, just because that was his last one. Right. And I, I actually really – like if I were to power rank the Tarantinos, I think I put might put that at like three. Oh, okay. So, so this is one. Okay. Reservoir Dogs is still two – Two to me. Good. And then once upon a time, I put up at three. Uh, but then I was thinking, you know what? Let's just do what I think is his best, his most iconic movie, Pulp Fiction. Absolutely. And since I'm going out, I'll give you a little treat, some Bruce. Oh. Uh, but the, the the thing the thing about the movie, so there's decades, right? There's so like the seventies. What's the most iconic movie of the seventies? Oh, I don't know. You could say it's The Godfather. You could say it's this. The eighties. It could be Batman, the Keaton Batman. It could right. be like, what's a movie that sums up a decade? I think the '90s has to be this movie. Like, like if you said, 
what's the movie that's the 90s? This has to be in like the top three. Oh, absolutely. No, I didn't see it till uh, like the 2000s though, because uh, the, the bubble and everything. But it was when I saw it, I was I, I remember I, I was able to get the audio chunks and I would put it on my iPod so I can uh, re- go over and memorize the especially the uh-huh. Bible verse, the Ezekiel 25, uh-huh. 17. And because it, it's I just, it was it was so good. I couldn't get enough of it. I just I need I need to memorize this. I need to memorize this. Uh-huh. This is fantastic. There, there was a uh, there was a term me and my friends came up with uh, uh, high school movies, meaning uh, not not movies that take place in a high, in a high school, but there are certain movies you watch in the age that you're in high school that like define your like oh yeah that's oh, okay like, this is the oh, show. like interesting. for my group of friends it was Tarantino, uh, the Kevin Smith movies like Clerks and Mallrats, um, the the other movie that I brought up to you that you were kind of ah, dazed and confused that was big for my group of friends okay so there are certain movies that you see that well, where i'm going with this is there are high school movies that don't age so you watch it outside of high school and you're like oh i used to like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep <laughs> but, but to be pulp fiction is still it's still yeah. a perfect movie it's timeless it's, still, it's perfect yeah it's incredible that that's 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 actually a really good thing you said it, it pretty much is timeless yeah because even at the time, it takes place kind of a little before its time, I feel like. Uh-huh. like I don't think this took place in the 90s. Maybe a little bit before. <laughs> uh, and it just it – was, it was perfect. Uh-huh. So it, when you watch it, you think it's of that time period. It's not of – they weren't making it thinking this is happening right now. This is, it's kind of a like, – like Jackie Brown, I think, was also like that, where it was kind of took place a little further back than when it was actually uh-huh. filmed. So it, yeah. can, it can stay in that capsule and is untouched by time because it was meant to be uh-huh. in that time period. So, so, um, so Tarantino, his first movie that he directed was Reservoir Dogs, and that was like a big indie darling hit. Mm-hmm. So then Pulp Fiction was his second movie. So the buzz was out. So we were eight years old when Reservoir Dogs came out, and then this came out when we were 10. So I didn't get a chance to see this in theaters, but I can only imagine like like that opening weekend of everyone just like, oh, man, what, what the hell is this going to be yeah. like? And I, I can't imagine walking out just like, holy shit, that was the movie. I know. Like, I, I don't know uh, time period-wise, but how big was Sam Jackson when this came out? So he was still like a – like a, not like a character actor, but he was mainly just like a, a second fiddle, a number two guy. Right, background it, almost. This, not background, like but – yeah, this is like what put him into like main okay, good uh, main actor territory. Goddamn right! <laughs> and this movie actually saved uh, John Travolta's career because John right? Travolta, yeah, John Travolta was big in the seventies because he did Saturday Night Fever, yeah, Greece, and, and then he was big, uh, yeah, Greece, and then he well, that was the eighties, and then he was on a show on TV called Welcome Back, Cotter. Welcome Back, Cotter. And then he he his career just tanked. It just started going downhill. And then he did Look Who's Talking, who also has Bruce Willis. Yeah. <laughs> put that connection together where I'm like, oh, yeah, they're both in Look Who's Talking. Yeah, uh, they're in the same room, and, though, technically. <laughs> yeah. So that brought his career kind of back up. And then he started making more bombs. And then Tarantino resurrected his career. So he he made Sam Jackson's career. He resurrected uh, John Travolta's career. And he got Bruce Willis at a time where he's still like number one action star guy. Like Bruce Willis took a pay cut 
to do this movie because it was an indie film. They made it for like, well, I know we do this in the game, but they made this for $8 million. Oh. I, I, I think I read he was paid half the budget. Bruce. Oh, my God. For his like 18 days. Wow. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so like this movie, like, and then Uma Thurman became big because of this movie. Like that got her career started. So this movie did a lot for the people of this era. Yeah. This was a kingmaker, as, as, they, as they call them. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Now, uh, full disclosure, although I've seen this movie several times, I did want to watch it one more time before we started podcasting. Uh-huh. So I, I was watching it today, and I was thinking, all right, it's about two and a half hours. I'll, I'm sure I could fast forward through a couple scenes and get this done in time. Mm-hmm. There was only two scenes I was able to fast forward through. Everything else, you can't. You can't fast forward through it. Uh-huh. One is when Vincent starts taking the drugs, and then he's driving over to Mia's place, which is like uh-huh. maybe a minute that I saved there. Yeah, and then the dancing when they were dancing on stage, like I don't need to see the dancing. Another maybe I saved two minutes. <laughs> the entire movie, everything, every other scene, everything is so important and and is it's just compelling. Even after I've seen it all these times, I'm I'm sitting there and I and not not so much suspenseful, but I'm I'm enjoying the journey yes. that it's taking you on. I. I think I said this for when we did Predator. There's like no fat in the script. Like, like in Predator, yeah, they're told you got to go to the jungle. And then within five minutes, they're in the jungle already going. And they're just going, 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 going. There's a Predator going, 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 going. We got to stop them. Going, going, go. Like there's no fat. There's no fat in this yeah. script. Even the Everything time, flows. Even the little pieces where they're having seemingly meaningless dialogue, it's still engrossing. Uh-huh. Like I need to hear how this conversation goes. This is it's just a regular conversation, but you're drawn in. That's one of the beauties of Quarantino, uh, Tarantino. He's very good with dialogue. Uh huh. I, I actually did skip one scene, one mm-hmm. whole scene. It's when Butch arrives to the motel that's in your background, and she's talking about the pot belt, the pot belly. Yeah. I was like, I don't need to do this. I, I was thinking that as well. I could probably could skip this, but I watched it because this is my first time ever watching it with spoilers and goggles on, and I wanted to see if I there's anything that jumped out. They're like, hey, wait a second. There, there were a few, but nothing like minor. Like, like I, I wrote down a few of them. Like when when um, when Bruce Willis goes back to his apartment and he gets his dad's watch, yeah, and he's kind of like, oh, I'm in the clear. Yeah, when he opens the the cabinet and he puts the the pop tart, there's no way Travolta didn't hear that, dude. Yes, he he. The door is right next to the kitchen. Um, I had some notes about that same scene. That uh, when he first gets to the apartment, he puts his keys in very slowly, like he's trying to be stealth, uh-huh. and then proceeds to swing the door open like fast and then <laughs> slam it. Like so, uh-huh. element of surprise gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, this isn't really like spoiler gog- goggly. It's just like the the restaurant that like the logistics of the restaurant. So the Jackrabbit Slims. There's a Ed Sullivan. He's the he's the host. Yeah. And then there's a. This is from your era, Adam. This is all the people you like. Oh, so it's like uh, I want Melvin. I want to live in this diner. Yeah. <laughs> it's Marilyn Monroe. It's um, uh, Nixon's there. Buddy Holly. Yeah. So all these people. Are, so what I'm what I'm getting at is the logistics. So like Ed Sullivan. Let's say he has the flu and he has to call out. Is there another Ed Sullivan oh, lookalike uh, who fills in for him? An understudy? <laughs> yeah, like, like how does it? Like, what? What is the? How? What is the logistics of this restaurant? At, at that point, Nixon goes to take the stage, and somebody else comes <laughs> in to be the uh, the maitre d. <laughs> 
And then the, the only other thing, I, I actually caught something in this movie that I, ne- that I never noticed before. From okay. the dozens of times I've seen it. It's when Bruce Willis is in the taxi cab with Esmeralda. Yeah. And he's changing his clothes and he's throwing his old clothes out of the moving car. I, yeah. I never caught that. Oh, until no? This okay. Yeah. That he's one like I had changing. seen. And as they're talking, like, like Esmeralda, it means this. He's just tossing his clothes yeah. <laughs> out of the window. I never noticed that. Okay. The, the parts that I didn't notice from this, let's see, what do I have here? The oh the the guy that's in the restroom with the hand cannon, uh, uh-huh. oh mm-hmm. his, his pants he didn't fully button up his pants. He, <laughs> this is actually I an any catch any cut and I was like what oh. no, and I, I was trying to like maybe in the heat of the moment he's not thinking about his pants and then she said well what if they fall to his ankles like that's actually a good point so I rewound it and he he had a button up pants he only had like two buttons done and maybe three or four yeah. that were undone. So his pants could have fallen as he was trying to run into the room. And mm-hmm. I, would, I never would have caught that had he not pointed it out to me. Uh, another thing I didn't notice, which is um, it's kind of cool and it fits in. This is uh, with the wolf. When the wolf is in, in, uh, in the apartment, in Tarantino's apartment or house, uh, uh-huh. he's on the phone talking to, I, I assume, Joe about getting the car released. He, oh, is that Joe from Reservoir Dogs? The- oh, because the boss of the crew at Reservoir Dogs is Joe. His name is Joe. I I wouldn't disbelieve that. Oh, okay. So what what was the thing you were going at? He had a handkerchief in his hand to hold the phone. That's how good this guy oh, is. Oh, to wipe his prints? Not even prints on any scene. That's why, <laughs> that's why this guy is so friggin' awesome. Uh, he comes okay. in, he solves everything, and you'll never know he was there. Even one on the phone. He's got that. He's not touching the phone with his hand. Yeah. It was like wow, okay. I never, I never, I never thought of that. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised that I noticed it. I was like, wait a second, that's amazing. And one well, of the, the oh, good. Sorry, the thing, the reason I brought up Joe in Reservoir Dogs is because um, Vincent Vega, Tr- John Travolta, mm-hmm. his brother in Reservoir Dogs is Mister White, uh, the 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 one who cuts the the ear the ear off the cop. Yeah, Mister White. They have their brother. Tarantino has said that this takes place all in the same world, oh. and that Vincent Vega, his name is Vic Vega. They're oh, okay. the Vega brothers, nice. and he always wanted to do a Vega brothers spinoff movie. Okay, where it's, Mr., where it's like Mr. White and Vincent Vega, like you know, doing crime. But he never got around. Oh, uh, that yeah. would have been cool. Yeah, I don't know if you can do it now. No, <laughs> We're way too old. Plus, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Vince is dead, baby. Vince is dead. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing that I caught this time around, never before, is that they start the movie and end the movie in the exact same scene. Yeah. Uh, in the diner. And when uh-huh. it starts, you hear uh, the whole, they're about to rob the place. And the, the girl jumps up, none of you fucking pricks move. Or else you, mm-hmm. every last one of you. At the last scene, the wording changes of what she shouts out. In the beginning, she says, I'll execute every last motherfucking one of you. Uh-huh. And then... In the final scene, she says, I'll execute every one of you motherfuckers. Oh, she changed it around. Yeah. Uh-oh. I, and, I Uh-oh. No, and I noticed because the camera changed. Because at the very beginning, uh, you notice it, it pauses before she finishes her sentence. Yeah. And then at the very end, right before she gets to that line, it changes camera angles. So I assume they had to take a different take for the yeah. second scene uh-huh. than they did for the first scene. And the words Uh-oh. got switched and uh, nobody got it. Nobody noticed it. <laughs> but I saw it. <laughs> What do you think he'll say if you bring it up to him? 
Uh, well, actually, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you think you heard. Okay, uh, I, it's okay. not. Uh, it's not. Those aren't the real facts. This is not. I, I, I would. I want you to do a rewatch. I need a rewatch of the movie. If you're going to say these things, you need to rewatch it. <laughs> One other thing. This isn't necessarily like a, a, a spoiler goggle thing. It's just, it just hasn't aged well. The the $5 shake, how oh, yeah. he's just blown away by that. He goes, that's a shake. That's $5. It's, it's, it's milk and ice cream. Yeah. Aren't shakes now like five-ish? Yeah, it's, yeah. I would say even go up to eight for, for the shakes. So it... <laughs> So if you were to make Pulp Fiction in 2020, what would the five dollar sh- uh, a fifteen dollar shake? I would say fifteen. $15 yeah. Shake? Okay. Fifteen's too much, for sure. And <laughs> they, they didn't even bring the extra little uh, where they made the shake to refill it halfway through. It was just that, that, that was it. Well, I remember remember when he uh, Bruce Willis is in the bar. He asked for the red apples, the the cigarettes. Yeah. The bartender says a dollar ninety. How much are your cigarettes? I don't smoke. How much are your cigarettes now? Aren't they like eight dollars? Last time I bought cigarettes, they were like five dollars. Five? Okay, but so th- that was many years ago. So I'm sure it's okay. gone so, way up since then. Let's say they're like seven. So that so a normal milkshake in 1994 would be two dollars, maybe a dollar fifty. Yeah, maybe. Okay, I would assume so. Okay, let's but see. the uh, the you know what I never. Another thing I never noticed, Tarantino gets a lot of crap for the for him using the N word. Yeah, every movie they're just throwing it out there like nothing, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, so obviously it's his cameo. He does the 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 that dead N word storage line. Everybody knows that. Yes, but then when Travolta goes to buy his drugs from Eric Stoltz, he's like, "Am I a N word? Are we in Compton?" Yeah. No. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, holy shit, like he's just fucking throwing that out. Yeah. The two things I know about Tarantino is that he <laughs> loves the N-word and he loves feet. Those are yeah. the those are the two things I know about him that uh-huh. I wish I could change about him. But <laughs> Yeah, the Uma Thurman, the her first when you first see her, you see the feet. Yeah. But I've also heard that like outside of movies that she's just a foot guy. Uh, I don't know where yeah. that came from. I don't know if that's true or not. It just bothers me. Yeah, every every movie so in uh, well, remember in Kill Bill? Yeah. When she wakes up from the coma, she's staring at her toes. Yep. Move your big toe. Yep. So that's feet. Uh, Inglorious Bastards. When Hans Landa, uh, when he finds out that that one German actress is the spy, he puts the shoe on her foot. Oh, that's another okay. foot shot. Uh, death proof. Got the feet out the window. Proof. Yeah, she's her feet's out the window. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when Brad Pitt's taking that hippie girl to the spawn ranch mm-hmm. she has her feet on the on the glass oh that's the right the yep. yeah 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 i don't, think, I don't think it's a secret that. yeah <laughs> well in 94 no one knew that right <laughs> the only other thing that i noticed that i had noticed before is uh zed's bike uh-huh. on the side of zed's bike it says grace which I just, I just, that tickled me because there's this guy raping a dude in the, in the, in the basement and he has yeah. grace written on his motorcycle. Uh-huh. <laughs> did you laugh? Did you like, I know you've seen it so many times, but did you laugh at like every single time? The dialogue? I'll, every time. It doesn't matter how many times I've seen it. I knew it was coming. Yeah. It's just the way it was delivered. It's just, it's perfect. The, thi- the, 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 the line that still gets me is the, 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 a Big Mac's a Big Mac, but they call it Lead Big Mac. 
uh, a Le Big Mac. Big Mac. <laughs> what, do you, what do you what do you call a Whopper? I don't know. I didn't go to Burger King. I, I still laugh at that. I know word. it's just the deadpan way. Like he's almost pissed off that he asked the question. I don't know. I didn't go to Burger King. That's what we ask <laughs> stupid questions for. <laughs> oh my god! So uh, it, 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 it's great. It, it, it's fantastic. Yeah, nothing. No, no nothing negative about it. I, I I can't say anything negative. It's all positive vibes. Every scene, yeah. I'm just sitting there smiling, waiting for for that for that line or for that thing to mm-hmm. play out. So I, I want to ask you a couple questions. Yeah, uh, foot massages. Uh huh. Where do you stand on oh, foot massages? Okay. okay, let's talk. <laughs> uh, so the accusation is that what was his name? Tommy Rocky Horror. Yes, uh, the big Simone guy. Not fat. <laughs> <laughs> He's not fat. He's a big guy. I, what do you think? I I can't fault him for he's half Samoan. Yeah, I can fault him for being yeah. fat. He's half Samoan. Right. I want to go so far to call the guy fat, but he's, he's Samoan. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he, so the allegation is he gave uh, Mia Wallace a foot massage, and then Marcel's Wallace threw him out of a, a four story window into a greenhouse. Into a greenhouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And now he has a speech impediment. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Travolta claims it's a uh, same ballpark it, as uh, ballpark. Putting your tongue in the holiest of holies. Yes. <laughs> and Samuel Jackson goes, "It ain't even the same fucking ballpark. It's not even the same fucking sport." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Do you think that is a sensitive issue? Is that something – if you found out somebody's giving Sarah a foot massage, a dude that is not family? Yeah. So, I mean, I get the logic behind it in the sense of like you're touching another man's feet. But, well, doesn't it, doesn't, doesn't uh, Travolta say uh, the, the massage could lead to something else? Like that's the beginning of something that could lead to something else? No, Isn't it's, he it's, that? It's, it's the act that you're – putting hands on somebody in a familiar way yeah that, that's what the whole thing is it doesn't mean it could lead to something it just it means that it means something yeah there's meaning so, behind it regardless of where it's going to go or anything else there uh, is meaning you can't deny that yes so i i the logic i i i agree with the logic as far as like well why is why is someone i don't know well no why is a man putting his hand on my wife's feet right like what is he doing that's not right but because because he's a mob boss's wife, that's a completely different story. Like you know, yeah, I would not appreciate anybody giving uh, my significant other any kind of massage, especially if you're a mob boss. Yes, <laughs> and you're like the scariest guy in town, where everyone knows who you are. Yes, but to quote uh, Travolta, Antoine better fucking better known better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he definitely should have. That's true. Absolutely. There's, yeah, he, it was that was his mistake. Now, did he deserve to get impaled? Maybe not. But he, like you said, he had to expect something. Yeah. yeah. But then Uma Thurman in the restaurant says, that's not what happened. Yeah. She, that she never got a foot massage from him. Yeah. Only pre- people to know is uh, Rocky Horror and, uh, and, and Mr. Wallace. I, <laughs> I love that nickname. Tommy Rocky Horror. Because his last name is like Rockamora. Yeah. So does that mean he's like he dresses in drag? Is that the implication? <laughs> this big Samoan dude is putting dresses on. Is that what we're supposed to believe? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was a weird name as far as mob people goes. Uh huh. 
Well, remember Travolta does the. Would you give a man a foot massage? And Samuel Jackson yeah. goes, "Fuck you." Yes, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that was, was perfect. Because it, it was one of those you see the smirk on Travolta's face. He's he's uh-huh. head, he's lining up. He's he's teeing up. He's about to knock one out of the park, and Sam uh-huh. Jackson doesn't see it coming. And then, oh no, <laughs> that was perfect. It would you say who who do you think is like the 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 lead? Of the movie, do you think it's Travolta or or Samuel I th- Jackson? I think it's Sam Jackson. Okay, because it, it kind of centers around him. Everything basically centers around him, except for the the Butch storyline, which is very minor. Uh-huh. Everything else yeah. is basically Sam Jackson leads every scene. Yeah, you can't deny that he steals. If he's on camera, you're looking at him. You're not looking at anybody else. You're waiting for uh-huh. every word he says, how he's going to say it, and what mm-hmm. kind of badassery is going to come behind his phrasing. Yeah. Well, the well Travolta is in every story because he's in True. the Butch story too. Because he uh, Bruce kills him, yeah, and he's in the the the, the Bonnie situation, yeah. He, sh- he shoots the fucking guy at him. Would you ever point a gun at their head while talking to him? Just like you got to have an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> no. Would you ever? Why? Why did he do that? It, because to him, he's he's a mobster. He's a whatever gangster guy, hitman, whatever. Yeah. The gun is just part of his hand. He doesn't even know it's there. <laughs> he's just resting his hand on the cushion. The gun happens to be in it, and it happens yeah. to be pointing right at him. But he's not thinking. I have a gun in my hand. He, it's uh-huh. just second nature. Mm-hmm. The gun could not be there, and he'd be acting the exact same way. He's. And, and I actually slowed it down because with the DVD, you know, you, you can slow oh, watch it. Nice. He straight up does. He straight up. Oh, he does. You see it? Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't like go over a bump. Like he, like he just bends his finger a little and boom. But, but again, it goes back to the gun's not there. If you're talking, uh, yeah. you're gesticulating. Your hands may move based on whatever point uh-huh. you're trying to make. And uh-huh. it, the gun happened to be there. If it wasn't there, it, nothing would happen. But his hand yeah. wouldn't move the same way. Because it, uh-huh. it's just, yeah, you're used to it. This movie's really, really funny. It's, that, yes. The, 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 there's so many things in the movie that just make you laugh. Yeah. Now, this, this is interesting. Uh, uh-huh. The first time I saw this movie, in the, in the basement scene, mm-hmm. where they have the, the ball gags uh, in their mouth, when they're mm-hmm. downstairs with the gimp, at the time I saw it, I had no idea what a ball gag was. Uh-huh. I didn't know this was some sort of uh, BDSM kind of toy. Mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, that's creative. That's a creative way to keep somebody's mouth so they can't talk. <laughs> Instead of just a rag where you can still talk, this is uh-huh. now a ball covering the mouth completely so they can't give you lip. It keeps them quiet and it, and it gags them. So, oh, that's kind of smart. And mm-hmm. then later on I realized, oh, no. <laughs> it, again, again, this is this – is, uh, I mean, a couple years after I left the bubble, but I still have, I'm still learning the world around me. So I didn't yeah, yeah. know any, the gimp was like, what? That's, that didn't make sense to me. I was very confused by this gimp. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, what, what's the purpose of this? Why, why is he even there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> As the years have progressed, oh, okay. This is, this is much darker than I thought it was the first time. I thought it was just a weird so, scene. <laughs> so when you learn more about the BDSM world, did you hearken back to that scene? With the ball gag and the gimp, yeah. Did it cro- did it ever cross your mind again? What, once you delved into the that world, oh, Pulp Fiction. Oh. Yes, the first time I saw a ball gag uh, uh-huh. and or a guy wearing a full leather mask, 
that uh-huh. was covered. Yeah, I hearkened right back to Pulp Fiction. Like this is <laughs> that's where this is from. It uh-huh. wasn't a weird scene. It was based in reality. Holy Christ! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Hey, when when Marcellus calls his crew to come. Uh, By the way, just to clear the record, when you said I got yeah. into the BDSM thing, is I don't actually do. Oh, BDSM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you, when you um, learned oh, yes. about the world, when the world my, became sorry. apparent to me, I, I didn't dive into this world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when for record, um, just for the record, when uh. When Marcellus calls his crew to torture uh, Zed, mm. do you think they're going to hurt the, the Gimp? Because the Gimp's kind of like an innocent he, – he's like a victim like uh, Marcellus, you know? Yeah. You know I, I, had, to him? I had that thought too when I was watching this movie because for some reason I, I, I remember Bruce Willis punching him again on his way out or something. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. didn't happen. Uh, it's – I don't know. I, th- I think they would just because, especially back in this time period, that style of life is not going to be something that they're cool with. Oh, yeah. So everybody gets a piece. <laughs> but yeah, he. Uh, hmm. I don't know if I'd go as far as calling him an innocent bystander. Because <laughs> especially now that what I know about the the, the BDSM world, he's, he's he's a submissive. He, he's volunteering to be part of this world with these guys. Uh huh. So he he knows what's going on, obviously, and he's allowing it to happen. So he's not he's not innocent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, um. Uh. One one more question. Oh. Um. So I saw this movie when I was how old was I? I think I was like twelve or thirteen when I saw this movie. So I saw this movie young. Mm. I saw it with my older cousins, and then the scene where he kicks the door, where Bruce kicks the door open, and you see the actual like rape part they like covered my eyes for that okay. but they let me watch everything like they saw me with the sword when he cuts the guy and all when he the guy when zed gets his nuts blown off they showed me all that but um you know the simpsons how they parody yes everything so the simpsons pulp fiction episode was it chief wiggum and Lair, uh, Lair, lenny uh yeah so it's chief wiggum um no carl and lenny are Homer's best friends, but the two other oh, cops, yeah, yeah, they're doing the 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 the, the Royale with cheese yep. scene, but with Krusty Burger, and then <laughs> when remember um, Chief Wiggum has the box of donuts and he does the donuts. I got donuts. Hey, I know you, and he's supposed to be a Marcellus. Oh, Homer <laughs> yeah. So whenever I see Pulp Fiction. That scene where he turns and he's like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I think of that, that Simpsons parody, the donuts. I got donuts. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, this was uh, – do you watch House at all? House no. MD? Uh-huh. There, there is a scene in that movie where House has to go to a high school and he's teaching a class. And he's talking about how I went to this person's house for investigation. And they do scene for scene the Bikahuna Burger where House <laughs> is the guy and he – and he shoots the guy. He's like, and the class chimes in. Wait, you can't have a gun as a doctor. <laughs> but they did everything perfectly, they, shot for shot. Even the angles, everything mm-hmm. was it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did notice a theme about this movie that I never noticed before. Because you know, you've seen this movie so many times, you just watch it. But because we have to watch it for this, you pay attention a little more, right? Every story. So there's three main stories. There's the the Bonnie situation where the, where the they got to cover up the car. Right. There's Butch's story, and then there's um, 
uh, Travolta taking uh, Mia Wallace out on a date. Yes. Every story, someone is saved physically or like spiritually. Oh. So in the Mia Wallace story, her life is saved by the, the needle in the heart. Yeah, the adrenaline. The, the Butch story, he saves Marcellus Wallace, where in turn he gives redemption to Bruce for double turning him. So both of them are saved. And then in the diner scene, uh, Tim Roth is saved yeah. like his, spiritually by Samuel Jackson. I never caught that. Interesting. Every story, someone is saved somehow. Yeah, and in the Bonnie situation, it's uh, Vincent and Jules that were saved by the wolf. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. there you go. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. It's a story re- of redemption. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. What, what do you What do you think of What do you think of Tarantino as an actor when he throws himself in his movies? I did. Not. I think this is his best role. Really? Of everything, I think of everything he's been in. Oh, no. I think this might be his best role. I didn't. I, <laughs> he's not a good actor. No, he's not. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seemed to me like. Uh, usually a director would give you notes on like, all right, maybe uh, relax a little. But he's not about to tell himself to calm down or, <laughs> or, or anything. It, it seemed like – almost like he was rushing through it, I, I, I thought. It, it, it's, it was very – I need to get these lines out. I need to have this kind of attitude uh, and do it. Watch it back. Nailed it. Moving on. Next scene. <laughs> maybe a couple more takes. Maybe just a few more takes. Uh-huh. It, it, was, it, it felt rushed. It felt very rushed to me. Uh-huh. But I don't, I don't recall him uh, his other roles very much, to be honest. So, so um, and where's Road Dogs? He was Mister Brown. He's doing the the Madonna, like the like a virgin scene in the beginning. Right. He's like leading the conversation, and then in yeah, the sex with a black dude is what they're saying. Y- yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> he does the hence yeah. like a virgin. Yeah. Um, That's right. In, in uh, I don't think he's in Jackie Brown. Let's see. In Kill Bill. Who was he? I'm trying to think. Okay, so in, in um, by the way, I I've, I only watched the first Kill Bill uh, under protest. I, I I don't like the Kill Bill movies. I can't. Oh, okay. I can't do those. Okay. So, so I never saw two and or three. If there is a third, no, there's not a third one. Okay. Oh, okay. In 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 Django, in Django Unchained, when Django <laughs> when Django gets sold that. off to that mining company, yeah, he's like the Australian guy who handles the dynamite. This is when you really and, see he's put on a lot of weight. And he, yeah, and then he has like a horrible Australian accent because he he opens the cage where where the slaves are and he goes, "Hey, black," and he says it just like that, like a horrible "Hey, black." You think he got notes? Maybe lay off the N word, <laughs> just say "black." There's enough in this movie already. Maybe you don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> well. It, so the N word makes sense in Hateful Eight and Django because of the time period it's in. Right. Yes. Well, I mean, uh, in this movie kind of makes sense too. I mean, of the yeah. time, it wasn't outrageous. It well, just, it, okay. So, so it makes sense for the guy who runs the pawn shop because he has a big fucking Confederate flag. Yes. <laughs> on his wall, he tells him, "Get yeah. your foot off the," you know. Right. Not so much for Tarantino and no. the drug dealer. Fifty-fifty, eh, eh, yeah, but yeah. You know. But not for Tarantino. He just wanted to say it. I feel like he's seen the excuse. <laughs> Another scene that made me laugh with the with the was was when uh, Eric Stoltz tells Travolta, "Hey, you know, so and so single. Do you want to hang out?" And John Travolta goes, "Is that the one with all the shit all over her face?" And he goes, "No, that's no, that's so and so. That's my wife." <laughs> oh man.
Although, thinking about it now, I, I do got to say, the, the only part of the movie that, the closest I come to a complaint for the movie uh-huh. uh, is Uma Thurman. I'm not a fan of most things she does. Okay. I, I liked her in Paycheck with uh, Ben Affleck, but I think that's the only uh-huh. movie I think I've actually liked her in. The The way that she speaks, uh, her her way of talking it bothers me. Okay. When they went, when they drove up to Jackrabbit Slims, remember she says, "Don't be a," and she made the shape. It's that, a rectangle. Yes, that also bothered me quite a bit. Every single time I've seen a movie, that that part sticks out. It's not a square. Yeah. It's not a square. It's a rectangle. It's a rect- <laughs> yeah. Squares. What is it? Squares can be rectangles, but all rectangles are squares. Yeah. So I mean, technically, I guess fine. But if, if you're going through the effort of doing that. Have her give her a note, but he doesn't want to give her a note because he's like hot for Uma Thurman and wants her to be yeah. in all his movies. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. it's fine, baby. It's fine, baby. Just show me your feet again. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, so you don't like the way she talks. The no. whole um, how did she? How did she? What, what's something she said that I'm trying to get like an example? Like the that. thing. The thing that bothered me this time was uh, the Fox Force Five. Uh, Fox, as in Fox, we're, Fox as in we're reckon with, yeah. <laughs> or uh-huh. four foxes, and yeah. five because there's one, two, three, four, five of us. Like oh, you don't need to do that. You don't need to. We understand what five means. I understand, but that's that's his dialogue. I understand. That's him. <laughs> Just substitute her for him, and that's how he would explain okay. it. All right, but yeah, I feel like as a person, I wouldn't be a Tarantino fan. Uh, as as a, as a director, <laughs> big fan, but I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it's it's. I guess it's true. Maybe I'm just uh, not liking Uma Thurman is bleeding in a little bit for some reason. But her, the way that she speaks, uh, Daddy-O and all this stuff, it it seems very put upon. Nobody else in the movie speaks this way except for her. Yes. So, and then what's the appeal between her and Marcellus Wallace? How does does that work? (laughs) How do they meet? Don't say the way people meet each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You said it earlier in the movie. Yeah. It's just it's a it seems like a weird connection combination. It seems to me that she's obviously going to be effing around, effing around, fucking around on him. I don't know why I mm-hmm. censored myself. Because <laughs> it, it almost seemed like if had she not gotten shot up, her and Travolta would have hooked up. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, Travolta, he's talking to himself in the bathroom. The whole you're just gonna you're just gonna go home. You're gonna jerk off, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, how long was he in that bathroom? Right. It seemed like a very long time. It goes from her <laughs> taking the drugs, passed out a lot, with her nose, uh... a lot of drool, a lot of spittle everywhere. Uh-huh. So he, he had to been there for 10 minutes, maybe. <laughs> it's a very All long bathroom break. Talking to himself the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're not going to sleep with her. Ah, but then, no, no, no. Another thought I had, and I'm actually just not having this. When Travolta first shows up to Mia Wallace's place, she's in like in a in a safe room or, or a, a panic room. Panic room, yes. She's in a panic room. Uh, there's cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. I would then be led to believe that there is video footage being taken. Oh uh, yeah. They come through the door dancing, uh, holding mm-hmm. each other very tightly. And he dips her. Yes. He's going off into the four story building. If I'm Marcellus Wallace, I'm seeing that's this footage. Yeah, that's a little intimate. Well, no, this is now. This is like a ten-story building, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So whatever you do to her, 
that's yeah. how high you go up in the building with them. Right. <laughs> so I've always, so, um, funny, funny. We bring this up the, the, about her ODing by uh, snorting Coke, uh, heroin. So, uh, Eric Stoltz tells Travolta sticker, sticker heart with the, uh, adrenaline shot. Yeah. Cause the adrenaline, it pumps pure adrenaline in the heart, which would ugh, like revive you. Right. Right. The rock was on TV the other day. And the big thing in the rock is inject yourself in the heart with the, with the, with the, with the adrenaline. It's also adrenaline. Oh, is it? I thought it was an antidote of some kind as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. What? So, okay. So, so this one's sorry, I'm getting it mixed up. So I can see the logic in this one because it's adrenaline. So it's like waking your heart up in the rock. When that little ball breaks, didn't they say like your skin melts and your back breaks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What? How is that going to prevent your skin from melting? The the shot to the heart. Like I feel like your skin will still melt regardless of what goes in your heart. Yeah, it should be more of a topical ointment, maybe, <laughs> than a shot to the heart. Uh huh. Oh shit! Did we talk about that in the rock? I I think I think we did. I just don't remember. Okay, uh, me neither. That's well, a very good point. I think, I think it was on cable because he just died, Connery. Oh uh, yeah. So, so they threw it on. That's a shame. Yeah. So. uh yeah, so so uh, I watched so the special features of Pulp Fiction. I told you I was watching it. Oh right, what do you got? They said that uh, when they premiered this movie, I so this movie premiered at the Cannes 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 Film Festival in Paris. It depends what year, but and, yes, both are correct. And Tarantino <laughs> Tarantino won the Golden Lion, which is like the top honor. Ooh. No, he won the Palm d'Or, the Golden. Yeah, Palm whatever. He won the top. Like he won like the top award of of that festival, right? And when they debuted that movie in Paris, when he stuck that needle in her heart, a lady passed out, and they had to stop the movie to cart her out of there. What? Because that's how intense the scene was for this for this lady. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess she she had to have left after that, so she didn't see the. Uh... The gimp scene. So I assume she would have passed out as that as well. <laughs> yeah. Had she been yeah. around. <laughs> so, the, so they bring that up in the special features because they interviewed Tarantino. And they're like, did, uh, did you know that? And he's like, yeah, they stopped the movie. And, you know, like, just, I mean, it's kind of disrespectful to a filmmaker. You know, you're there debuting your movie and then you have to stop it for a reason. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this lady, <laughs> like He's such a character, dude. Oh my god, yeah. See, and that's why I don't think I'd like to hang out with him. I don't. I wouldn't want to hang out with him because of that kind of stuff. I will watch your movies, but I don't. I want to grab a beer with you. That's that's my. Yeah. Did I ever tell you I met him twice in my lifetime? I don't Did think we, so. Never tell you this. Okay, so the first time I ever met him, I didn't meet him. It's just okay. So, um, this girl I was like kind of dating. We went to uh, Amoeba Records in Hollywood. Oh. It was it was her first time there. Yep. Did you ever go? No, I, I know it was a big deal because it was there was a whole thing about them getting shut down and it was a yeah they closed it but then they're they're opening a new location. Okay, but, so but, the bottom floor. But it was the location that was the historic thing. It's not the yeah, store yeah. itself. It was there. Yeah, it was there for like fifty years or something yeah. on Sunset on Sunset Boulevard. And like the Beatles and played yeah. there, and a bunch of people have played or McCartney at least. Yeah, yeah. They used to do live shows. So the the whole bottom floor is all dedicated to music. So they have eight tracks, CDs, vinyl, and then you go to upstairs to the top floor, and it's all movies. And it's, well, now Blu-ray, 
but it, before it was just DVD and VHS. Okay. <clears throat> so, so me and her are up there, and I'm going through the movies like like this, and I look up, and he's right across from me in like the foreign cinema section, and I go, "Holy shit! Like that's that like that's Quentin Tarantino." So I go to to the girl I was with, and I go, "Do you know who that is over there?" She goes, "No, who is that?" I said, "That's Quentin Tarantino, the movie director." She goes, "Who?" I go, Quentin Tarantino, the movie director. She goes, oh, why don't you ask him for a picture? I go, you can't ask him for that. <laughs> the reason I say that is because he's been to jail for, like, assaulting people. Like, he's, like, he's actually been on camera, like, get the fuck away from me. So I knew not to, like, around talk what, to him. Around what time was this? The movie was? between. So, so, let me think. This was, I think I was 25. How old were we in 25. At 25, 2011. 11, yeah, 10, 11, 12. No, 2005. I was, we were born in 84, 94, 04, 2000. Uh, no, 84, 94, 2009. Nine. Oh, so shit. I think it was around. Oh, um, and Glorious Bastards hadn't come out yet. Okay. Like that was coming soon. So, um, I was like, do I say anything? So I kind of go back and I kind of follow him a little. And you can tell everyone in Amoeba is like, oh, my God. That's <laughs> so and I'm like, I'm like, hey, man, I don't want to bother you, but I'm a, I'm a big fan. He goes, oh, thank you. Thank you. And he's just going to the movies. So then the girl's like, why don't you ask him for a picture? I go, I can't fucking ask him for a picture. Like he he's like a, he's like an asshole. Like he, <laughs> he you. So she goes, I'll go ask. And I'm like, that might work because she's like a girl, you know, mm. I don't think he'd be a dick to her. So she goes up to him and she's like five feet from where he is. And she turns and she goes, what's his name again? Mm. Loud. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, so no. Her, I'm like, Come here. And I whisper, Quentin Tarantino. She goes, oh, so she goes, she's excuse me, Mr. Tarantino. Um, my friend's a big fan. Do you think it'd be all right if we took a picture, all three of us? And he goes, no, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm just here shopping. And that was it. Okay. Um, she embarrassed me in front of everybody because she was like, who is he again? All right. So it's not as bad okay. as a Malcolm McDowell, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. rings up there. <laughs> so then the second time I met him, he owns the New Beverly Cinema, mm. the, the New Beverly Theater in uh, – where is it? In uh, It's in L.A., but it's in the Fairfax District. It's okay. on Fairfax, down the street from Canner's Deli. And um, he showed, he used to pop in like regularly. He doesn't so much anymore. Well, before the COVID. I was about to say, nobody pops in yeah. there now. <laughs> so me and my friends, we really like, um, what movie do we go see? We were there for a double feature of of uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world and something else. And he happened to be there at his own theater getting popcorn uh-huh. in his own theater. And I saw him and I'm like, all right, redemption time. So I go up to him like, hey, QT, big fan. And he goes, oh, thanks, man. And right when I was going to ask him to take a picture, one of the workers asked him something and he, and he had to leave. Mm. So I so I met him twice in my entire lifetime. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I was at a bar once. It was a really shitty dive bar in Orange County. And a guy was telling me a story. All of it? May or may not have been the elephant. <laughs> okay. And a guy was telling me a story about, hey, I met Quentin Tarantino here uh, a while ago. Yeah, he got me drunk. We, got, we were drinking all night together. Like, no, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> First of all, that's not a move uh, I could see him doing, and no. especially not with you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a weird. That's a weird thing to brag about. I was drinking with Quentin Tarantino. If you're gonna lie, 
Make it more believable. <laughs> yeah, pick somebody that maybe lives in Orange County that yeah. may have a reason for being here. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Have you ever been to his theater, Adam, the okay. new Bev? I have not. So they redesigned it before COVID. And right when they were going to re- reopen for the new design, um, COVID happened. So they had to shut everything down. But the way it used to be, it was an old school. So he he grew up in, in Knoxville, Tennessee. In the seven in the seventies, okay, and then his mom moved him to California to I think Redondo Beach when he was uh, like a early teen, like twelve, thirteen, and he his mom used to take him to that theater, the New Beverly Cinema, to watch movies, okay, every weekend, and he grew up a fan. And then you know his story, right? He used to work in a video store. I don't. If, oh, if, so he, if, if I do know the story, I've already forgotten it. Okay, so <laughs> so he worked in a video store. And he knew like everything and he would recommend everything to everybody. And he just sat there and watched movies for like 12 hours a day. And he has been accused of like stealing a lot of his movie ideas because he would sit there and watch movies all day. Like, for example, Reservoir Dogs, the concept of you're Mr. Brown, you're Mr. Blue, you're Mr. White, you're Mr. Blonde. That was in a Japanese like crime movie where these guys were robbing a bank. And to prevent them from ratting each other out, you're Mr. Purple, you're Mr. Pink, you're Mr. Orange. Oh, I thought you were going to say so, you stole it from Clue. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so, so, um, so, like, people always accuse him all the time of just stealing shit, but he literally, like, watches everything. Like, he watches, like, everything you can think of. So, he worked in a video store, and then he lived on, like, different people's couches while he was writing um, True Romance. And then he sold the script for True Romance. Which also which had uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. And Gary Oldman was in True Romance. Really? He was that drug dealer with like the fucked up eye. He was like, hey, man. He met him in the oh strip club. God. Anyway, yeah, Oldman's in that movie. That's hard so, to recognize so, him in anything he does. Yeah. He just blends in. <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, so he, when he made, when he got money, he wanted to buy the new Beverly. So what he did was he bought the land that the theater was on and the family that ran it, he told them, play whatever you want. But then the family couldn't afford to keep the theater open, so he bought. So he owns the land and the theater itself. Oh, so he programs the the movies, or he used to. But he kept it the way it was from the seventies. So the chairs are like super uncomfortable. the The screen is like maybe as big as the wall on your garage. Okay, so it's not like a big multiplex theater. So right. the best are actually up front. And he kept like popcorns a dollar, sodas fifty cent. Like he kept prices low nice. because he can afford it to be that way, yeah. right? And it was a revival house, so they would do double features of like he would do like a, a Stallone week. So the, each <laughs> night was like a double. Fe- so it'd be like Demolition Man and Tango and Cash, and then the next day is like Rocky Five and Rocky Four. So it was a revival house. So they didn't play new movies at the New Beverly. Okay, that's kind of oh, nice. Oh, but trust me, when his new movies came out. He oh. ran that shit all fucking day. Uh, of course. Yeah. Yep. So I actually saw Pulp Fiction at the New Beverly for a midnight screening. Nice. And so that was the first time I ever saw it in a theater, quote unquote. And it was great. It was a, with a bunch of other movie nerds. We all laughed at the same time. And it was a fun experience. Was there a lot of people shouting out the quotes as they were happening? No, no, no. no, no it's that. not like Rocky Horror. Okay. <laughs> no. I imagine a movie like that, you, you, it'd be hard not to. Everybody, yeah. we're here because we love the movie. This is not our first time watching it. We're all big fans, so in unison. Ezekiel uh, yeah, 25, but, 17. 
But the thing about it, the new Bev, it's all like film nerds. So like if they catch you on your phone, they're going to call you out. Like they don't want talking. So And you're not allowed to leave until the last credit rolls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. There, there are people like that. Okay. All right. So as a Bruce Willis fan. Yes, I was about to say, uh, before we wrap it up, I, I got a lot yeah. of Bruce Willis things yeah. to talk about. So, so what are your thoughts on Bruce? There, he did do a thing that's very Bruce Willis-y, like from all the movies we've seen of Bruce Willis. It's it's when she forgot the watch and he just fucking loses it and he's tossing everything and he and he sees that she's crying. So he's like, no, baby, go get the pancakes. Go get the pancakes. That, 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 yeah. that. That change of tone in his voice. The did you get the pancakes, baby? Yeah. How are the how are how are the pancakes? Everything's good. Everything good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love so much about all the things Bruce Willis. Obviously, uh-huh. uh, to this day, I cannot hear "Let's Stay Together" from Marvin Gaye without thinking about Bruce Willis. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. First thought that goes to my mind, and then I was also kind of. Uh, commiserating i guess with the way the butch was trying to deal with this female of his <laughs> where he, he he lost his shit he, he throwing stuff and then realizes all right i need to do damage control uh uh-huh. and, and you see him it's not your fault you're not a mind reader saying all the things that she needs to hear uh-huh. and then cut to him yelling in the car <laughs> like what? What? I told you not to <laughs> yes it's I, I identify with that because i've been in relationships where uh-huh. I get pissed, and then I need to. This is what she needs to hear. My anger's not gone, but I need uh-huh. to make sure this doesn't escalate. So it was very. It, it was. It was. It was. He, he portrayed that very well, I think. Yep. And then there was a couple. Uh, while he was in going back to his apartment, where he runs into Vincent Vega, there's two Bruce Willis faces that are throughout every <laughs> movie he does. The first is when he finds the gun, and he's kind of investigating and picking it up. He's got that uh, open mouth thing that usually he has when he's like rounding a corner with a gun where uh, it's kind of anticipation of something exciting is going to happen. He had that that face. And then eventually when he gets to the car and he realizes I got away with it, it's kind of like this half smirk thing he does. <laughs> very Bruce Willis faces and they mean uh-huh. very specific things and this is what they mean. <laughs> you see this through all his movies. These two uh-huh. faces you see in all his movies and they always mean the exact same emotion. Mm-hmm. And I, I started thinking, I wonder – if he's in a movie today, would he have those faces now? Because back then he was like trying really hard to be <laughs> to be a good actor, and now it's kind of like eh, it's a paycheck. <laughs> so I remember having that thought. Uh, let's see. Oh, the fact that he stopped for a snack was weird. Uh, <laughs> all right, I there could be people here to kill me. Nobody's here. Cool. All guards are down. Very good. Have a snack. <laughs> yeah. But luckily for that snack, that's why Vincent Vega died. Yeah. And then as he's leaving the apartment, he doesn't wipe down the gun as well as he should. He's also holding the barrel of the gun as he shoots. <laughs> now, I know it's a silencer on, it, on the barrel. Wouldn't they get hot or something? Yeah. If it was a, if it was a gun with, with no uh, silencer on it and he was holding oh. the barrel, his hand is burnt. I okay. don't know if a silencer reduces the heat. Maybe uh-huh. it's possible. But that was uh, that was weird. Uh, I also really liked the the hobbled chase scene after the car accident, mm-hmm. where, where he gets out of the car, his nose is bleeding. Of course, Bruce Willis gets fucked up. It, uh-huh. That's Bruce Willis's thing. I'm not a superhero. I feel pain, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and he's hobbling around. And Marcellus, my favorite. I, I love Marcellus 
like staggering while shooting, and he falls over <laughs> even while he shoots the gun. I laugh every time. It's just it's perfect because yes, I just got hit by a car, but you're not going to stop me. And then he's he's just all over the place. Uh-huh. It was it was just fantastic. And then when he gets back to the uh, the apartment, we gotta get out of here. Our lives are in danger, basically. And she starts crying, uh-huh. and he has to go into damage control again. Uh-huh. Oh, how are the pancakes? That was, that was yeah. a pancake. Yeah. <laughs> It was just it's it's just it's just so fun, and uh, uh-huh. the, the last note that I have about the Bruce Willis uh, series has the guy that played Zed, yeah, ever been a good guy in anything? I don't think so. You can't with that face, right? No, that face screams, "I'm bad," because he's he's the bad guy in the mask, right? He's Dorian in the mask. He was in the Usual Suspects as like the guy who sets them up for the mission. Yeah, but he, he turned on him. He's like a mob guy. Oh, he's in Training Day. He's the one who gets shot um, when they set up when they kill Roger, the guy who has the money under his house. Yep. He's the one who they got to shoot him in the bulletproof fucking vest. Yeah. Yeah. Every movie he's in, he's a bad guy. Yeah, with that face, you cannot play a good character. Yep. It doesn't matter. All right. Let's there see. were two. There were two things I wanted to bring up before we wrap it up. Okay. One. I think this is the movie where Christopher Walken became like a parody of himself. I was about to say, we got to talk about the pocket watch. All right. with, the, with, the, with the monologue, the this watch, little man. <laughs> but it, it was perfectly timed, the way he said it. It was very Christopher yeah. Walken-y. Yeah. But I think this is the movie that made him become like the parody, like the... Cartoony. Oh, little yeah. man. Like, I think this is the, <laughs> the one that made him that. It was, yeah, it was definitely funny. I, I, <laughs> but he could his ass. It's like he, did, he didn't pause. It was just like go straight into it. It was a perfect delivery. Uh-huh. But it does be, kind of speak to that's that's how we know him. Damn, get these gooks. Yeah, <laughs> that's another thing. Tarantino again writing the script. Uh-huh. A lot uh-huh. of racist undertones here, man. <laughs> he calls them gooks. He calls them slopes. Uh, uh-huh. It's all over the place. Like holy Christ, uh-huh. he's off. <laughs> I know at the time, probably fine. Uh, and yeah. maybe that's his excuse. Maybe that's why he makes movies that are set in the olden times so he can just let <laughs> yeah. loose with all this uh, uh-huh. dialogue. One more, one more thing I wanted to ask you. All right. What do you think is in the briefcase? Oh, thank God. I wanted to ask you the same question. Now, I know the answer I'm supposed to give is Marcellus Wallace's soul. That is, that's, because of the bandage on the back of his neck. Cause they, they said that demons or spirits would suck your soul out through the back of your head. And the fact that the combination open, it was six, 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 gives into that as well. Mm-hmm. And the fact that everybody says it's beautiful because I mean, if you, I guess if you were to actually see a soul, uh-huh. you, how would you see it as anything other than beautiful? Uh huh. I, I would think it's gotta be something that's priceless. Some sort of like super elaborate golden necklace, uh-huh. Of some kind. Yeah. It couldn't be just gold bars because then they couldn't be carrying that around. Because remember, um, Tim Roth says, is that what I think it is? Yeah. When he sees it in the diner. So right. it's something people might know. Right. Unless he knows uh, <laughs> Marcellus Wallace. And, yeah. <laughs> which would be weird. Yeah. It's got to be some sort of like Hope Diamond-esque version, but in yeah. gold. That's, that's, that's the only answer I have. What do you so, think? So Tarantino – has said that he doesn't know what's in there. That's what he said. He yeah. goes, it's whatever you want. It's your interpretation. Okay. Here are the, here are what the, here's what the fans 
think is in there. Some people think it's the diamonds that were supposed to be stolen from Reservoir Dogs that he that he's like tied that into there. Okay. Some people think think that it's gold bars. You it'd, said it'd you be don't too heavy though. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, we saw Sam Jackson trying to carry a single gold bar. With Avengers, he, yeah. He's carrying, like, <laughs> yeah. Damn, this thing is heavy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you don't really remember True Romance, but um, um, there was a golden. Uh, there was a vision of Elvis and he was wearing like a golden, uh, like, the, like the Elvis you see in Vegas, like the old timey Elvis with the cape. Yeah. Some, uh, he, uh, I think it was, uh, Christian Slater saw like Elvis in like a dream or a vision. I haven't seen true Manson in a while, but it's like a golden suit of that. Some people think it's that because Tarantino wrote true romance. Uh, okay. Some people think that it's a, it's an Academy award that Tarantino knew that he was going to win one, which he did <laughs> for writing a screenplay. Wow. So they think that maybe he's that cocky, <laughs> which would explain him saying, is that what I think it is? But then why is everybody mesmerized by this? If these are regular people, a, a mobster, Vincent Vega, caught in the kitchen, what? And then the, the uh, Tim Roth, also mesmerized. If I saw Academy Award, I wouldn't be awestruck by it. Yeah, so <laughs> take with it what you will. All right. But Those do, are the fan. What, what, what is your thought, though? Do you, do you have an opinion or, or a I don't know. I, it's just a what's the term? A MacGuffin. But yeah, it, it's it's just a placeholder to move the story along. I, I don't know. It's they, they they had a bit about it in Community, where they, uh, somebody <laughs> bought the actual suitcase from the movie uh, and they opened it up and they were just like, ah, oh. and then they look inside. It's empty with a, just a, a light, a gold uh, oh, light. Gold light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have anything else? I have one more question for you. No, no, no. That's. I've said what I need to say. Do you believe in divine intervention? Oh, the what happened to him? Yeah. So what do you think happened there? Because <laughs> was he that bad of a shot where he was just, God, 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 God. I think this is a, a moment from Snatch uh, where he bought the gun from Boris the Blade. Heavy is good. <laughs> it's a counter variability. Yeah. <laughs> Where he just doesn't know how to use the gun. He just knows it's uh-huh. big and scary, and maybe he's yeah. never shot it before in his life. So yeah. he's just a bad shot. Yeah. So, so I'm in this Travolta camp as far as – this was not an act – God didn't come down from heaven and stop the bullets. That guy just sucks. He didn't yeah. even button up his pants for Christ's sake. He, so he's a bad shot. <laughs> I do like the journey it took Sam Jackson on though. Yeah. It, it was deep, and especially the whole last part. As much as I love the the Bible verse as being some cold blooded shit, it's, uh-huh. the the way he <laughs> interprets it at the end, I thought it was kind of profound. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't have got there if he didn't think that it was God coming down from heaven mm-hmm. <laughs> to stop the bullets. But it's it was it was a nice thing to make you kind of think about things. And it, it's yeah. it, it was also nice for me that somebody that's as hardened as Sam Jackson can have a revelation. And be deep like that. That was just a nice little thing for me. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I got. Okay. Great movie. Fantastic. Love it. It's the, it's one of my ten favorite movies. The 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 poster alone is like iconic. Her laying on the bed with the with the cigarette. I have it. And it's it's the ro- font. Yep. It's rolled up. I I, I have yet to find a uh, suitable frame because it's huge. Yeah, I used to have that poster too. It, it was hanging like. Guys our age from our era, like that image is – you know exactly what that is. Yeah. Like it, it's an iconic image. For, and he, for even though I'm not a fan of Uma Thurman, I still enjoy the poster because it reminds me of the movie, which I love. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
All right. That was our opinion of the movie. But like I said, at the top of the show, we have lots of them, but zero credentials. Now we're going to hear from people who actually have credentials, the critics. There are bad reviews, Adam, shockingly. What? You want to hear good, good reviews or bad reviews? Let's start with the bad so I can get it out of my head. All right. Adam Mars Jones of the Independent UK says, Reservoir Dogs still looks like the great American film of the decade. But Quinn Tarantino's second film as writer-director shows him already deep in the territory of self-parody. What the fuck? That doesn't even make sense. So he had one great movie, and the second movie is a parody of his first? Yeah, of his. St- it's like the same style as the first one. Is that a bad thing? I mean, the first one was a good movie. This one was even better? Uh-huh. You, okay. okay. I, I always said Adams or assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Next is Kenneth Turan of the LA Times. The result, especially in the scenes involving Bruce Willis as a nervy boxer, can be long patches of dialogue that must have tickled Tarantino, but will not necessarily resonate for anyone else. Uh, I can't fully disagree with that. <laughs> as much as I love Bruce, the the, the cab scene and the punching mm-hmm. the belly scene, uh-huh. probably the weaker scenes of the entire movie. Still not okay. bad, just the weaker out of the awesomeness. What, is that, what does your name mean? Butch. I'm an American, honey. Our names don't mean shit. shit. <laughs> that was a great uh, <laughs> Now the good reviews. It resurrects John Travolta from Look Who's Talking Hell. It makes Bruce Willis into a serious actor, and it honors the power and fancy of intelligent dialogue written by the director himself. Makes Bruce Willis into a serious actor. Did they assume Die Hard was a comedy? All the- I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> Because he's he was typecast as like an action guy. Yeah. Well, was this after Hudson Hawk? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Then, all right. All right. <laughs> uh, Mick LaSalle of the San Francisco Chronicle says it's the movie equivalent of that rare sort of novel where you find yourself checking to see how many pages are left and hoping there are more, not fewer. Nice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And finally, Michael Wilmington of the Chicago Tribune says this movie gets its charge not from action pyrotechnics, but from its electric barrage of language wisecracks and dialogue from the mordant 70s classicism of its long take camera style and its smart offbeat strangely sexy cast absolutely no disagreements there now it's time for the Ron tomatoes game this is part of the show where I make adam guess to score the movie based on his Ron tomato score this is going to be hard for those of you unfamiliar with the scoring yeah. system it's an average score from zero to 100 amongst critics in the audience Zero to fifty nine is rotten. Sixty to eighty four is fresh, and eighty five and up is certified fresh. What would you like to guess first, the critics or the audience? So, this movie was nominated for like nine Academy Awards, right? And Tarantino did win for best screenplay, and he and won like the con. Travol- yeah, and he won the con, which is like a big deal. Travolta was nominated for an Oscar. Samuel Jackson was nominated for an Oscar. The movie itself. Oh, so this movie was nominated for best film. And it lost to Forrest Gump. That's apples and oranges. That's a hard one. And another movie that was also nominated was Shawshank Redemption. Oh, my God. But Shawshank and Reservoir Dogs, I'm sorry, and Pulp Fiction lost to Forrest Gump. Okay. I enjoy Forrest Gump, but that's Uh that's an outrage. I know. Oh, my God. All right. Critics. It's hard because it's hard to find bad things. No. And if they are bad things, it's not bad enough to give it a bad rating. Yeah. So what kind of animal <laughs> gives us <laughs> a review to lower it below 80? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 91. 
for the critics. For the critics. 92%. Woo! All right. All right. All right. Good. And good. the audience? 95. How high are you going here? I'm going 95. I don't, okay. Uh, 95. 96%. Oh, I was debating between 95 and 97. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Should have gone with the average. All right. Good. Uh, Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman weren't in this. We love them, so we decided to ask what role would they have in this movie. So, you know how some movies it's like, oh, you can't really take. There's a lot of people in here. Yeah. For G- for Giamatti, I have two nominees. Okay. One is Brett. Look at the big brains on Brett. Can't you see Giamatti just squirming? Like, oh. I just want you to know that. Yes. Things got fucked up with Mr. Wallace. Okay. Yeah. And I could also see him being uh, uh, the drug dealer doing the whole, uh, I'm looking for my little black medical book. Oh, damn. I didn't even think of those two. Yes. Those are perfect. <laughs> Holy Christ. I was thinking it was a bartender. Okay. Was the- <laughs> oh, man. No. Those are so much better. But I, 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 I like him more as uh, Brett, the, the, the guy. Um, uh, can, can you imagine him telling uh, Giamatti, uh, does he look like a bitch? Yeah. What? Yes. No, Giamatti has to be Brett. <laughs> Holy Christ. I didn't even think of that. That's, I'm so embarrassed. That, what? Yes. Does he speak English and what? Right. But then you see Giamatti doing a lot of hit. Ooh. <laughs> what? He, he would have he stolen the scene, though, I think. Maybe a mm-hmm. little bit. But yeah. still, that yes, that is a perfect Giamatti role. Oh, man. And um, your boy? Oldman? He would have to be the owner of the diner that's getting robbed, I guess. Really? <laughs> There's nothing else. I mean, where else can you put him? You can't, you can't you be took, a wolf. What if, what if you took uh, Tim Roth out? No. Hell no. No? No. Tim Roth is amazing. The only other one I would maybe consider would be him doing the walk-in dialogue, but then you're taking walk-in out. Yeah. Jesus Christ. This is, there's too many good people in this movie to take somebody out. Well, you know what? Let's make him um, Lance the drug dealer because he was a drug dealer in True Romance, yeah. which was also written by Quentin Tarantino. So I'm, we'll I'm, I'm okay him, with that. We'll yeah. put him in that spot. Absolutely. Uh, now it's time for trivia. Ooh. This is part of trivia. Yeah. Maybe he's the um, uh, uh, Sullivan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> he can play characters. He just did Churchill, for Christ's sake. He can do oh, any yeah. character. Put him in makeup. Yeah. Make him look like Ed Sullivan. Okay. <laughs> uh now it's time for trivia. This is part of the show where you give out little bits of facts or info you may not know about the movie. Uh, the word fuck is used 265 times in the movie. Wow. That's only a quarter of uh, Django. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quinn Tarantino was quoted as saying that Butch is responsible for keying Vincent's car. Oh. that The only thing is, where would he have done it, though? Well, the timeline's all over the place. Well, no. So they arrive by cab in the in the new clothes. Oh, you're right. Bar. You're right. So when they bump into each other, they confront each other. But then uh, the date with Mia Wallace is a few days later. So it was like Butch tracking him down, looking for him. For looking for him. Yeah. No, you're right. It doesn't make sense with the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. The role of Butch was originally supposed to be an up-and-coming boxer. Matt Dillon was in talks to play the role, but never committed. Quinn Tarantino then changed the role and offered it to Bruce Willis, who had been disappointed and not being signed to play Vincent. So Bruce Willis wanted to be Vincent Vega. How do you think that would have been? Uh, 
I can't see it. No, this is like perfect for Travolta. Yeah. No, yeah. Plus, Travolta is like one of the best like dancers ever. Which is upsetting. Yeah, because that that whole dancing to me was very unimpressive. How do they get the fucking trophy based on those moves? (laughs) Nobody else danced better than that. It it was. It seems stiff. But you know, you you do know that Travolta is like one of the best dancers ever, right? Yeah, because of working like Saturday Night Night Fever. Fever, Yeah, yeah. That's also why Tarantino wrote a dancing scene for him because he wanted to. But that's the scene he wrote. Stick to dialogue. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mickey Rourke passed on the role of Butch in order to pursue his actual boxing career. He also claimed that he didn't understand the script when he read it. He later regretted the decision. Yeah, he should. We just did the wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would have been okay. I think. I think it would have been okay. Mickey Rourke is Butch. Yeah. Yeah. But he would have uh, towered over his uh, little Russian bride more so than Bruce Willis. Yeah. Uh, Vincent talks about Amsterdam because Quinn Tarantino spent time there writing the script for this movie. Tarantino purchased a school notebook to write the script, thinking one would be enough, but he wound up filling several of them. Mm. All right. Now this, I, I don't know how true this is, dude. Okay. According to her manager, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Elaine from Seinfeld, turned down the role of Mia Wallace due to her commitment to Seinfeld. Could you picture Elaine as Mia Wallace? No. No. That's her manager just like, oh, yeah, believe me. She would have been incredible. Believe right, me. Yeah. She would have been incredible. Best Mia Wallace you've ever would have seen. Yeah. <laughs> That's just him doing that. Or her. Or they. Whatever. I can't, uh, I can't imagine she would even accept it. This isn't. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen her in many serious roles. I know. I don't know. Hmm. I would go more for the, the chick from Weeds. Whoever that girl is. Oh, yeah. She would have been good. Yeah. Finally, Quinn Tarantino hesitated over the choice between the character he was going to play, Jimmy, who he wound up playing, or Lance, the drug dealer. He ended up choosing Jimmy's role because he wanted to be behind the camera in Mia's overdose scene. (laughs) Or because... (laughs) Just to say the N-word? As choice of N-words go, I get more (laughs) N-words out of this role. Uh-huh. Oh, damn. Uh, finally, money makes the world go round. I want to put this film into perspective with other films that were released this year so we can get a feel financially how well this film held up to its peers. I told you earlier the budget was $8 million, which I think half went to Bruce. Right. <laughs> or I think half went to, like, the, the whole cast, but I think Bruce got the big, biggest chunk of it. Right. So now- $8 million. I always forget to ask you this. As far as yeah. budget goes, that, that counts salaries? Oh, yeah. That's wow. Tarantino's salary. That's everybody. Jesus. Okay. Uh, eight. This was a big hit. I know. I'm going to say 75 because it was the 90s. Okay. In the U.S., this grossed $107.9 million. Overseas, oh. it grossed 106.2. Jesus. It grossed 214 Point one million dollars. Fantastic. Off of eight. Very a lot good. of money. I was also assuming that this was a movie that got bigger over time. And maybe mm-hmm. I, I still thought it did big, but maybe not that big. Holy yeah. Christ. Well, movies were in theaters longer back then. Oh, ooh, now, interesting. Marvel, so like Marvel will release like a movie, right? It'll be in theaters for like five, six weeks. 
Pulp Fiction was probably in theaters for like eight months, seven months, six months. That's why it, when we were kids, it took forever for a movie to go to VHS. Yeah. Because it was in theaters so long. Uh, a question for you. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. For movies that were in theaters uh-huh. and then go to movie or uh, VHS or DVD and then uh-huh. get re-released again, does that uh-huh. count as box office still? I uh, Probably. Hmm. Because then why not just keep re-releasing every couple of years? The box office goes through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Uh, this film debuted in first place on the weekend of October 14th, 1994 with $9.3 Wow. So that shows that it just started growing over yeah. time. Finally, Pulp Fiction was the 19th highest grossing film of 1994. 19th. Number one that year was Forrest Gump. No, oh. <laughs> it was an animated movie. Toy Story. No, it was a hand-drawn Disney Blanket. animated movie. Yes. All right. That was an even bigger <laughs> fucking movie. Jesus. Uh. So you can buy all of T- Quentin Tarantino's movies on Amazon. You can. By his actual screenplays. I used to have his screenplay books. Oh. I had I had the actual screenplay for Jackie Brown, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, uh, From Dust Till Dawn. He wrote From Dust Till Dawn. I don't know if you know that. Yes, I did. He's also in that movie. Uh, I don't think he throws an N-word in that, but he's a rapist. <laughs> right. But he plays like a serial rapist. So he like he he like must get a kick from like, oh yeah. Yeah. I can't do this in real life, so I'm gonna do it here. <laughs> See, I don't think he's a good person in real life. I don't think he's a good person. <laughs> yeah. So um, you can get the stuff through Amazon.com. Yes, you can. But before you go to Amazon.com, first go to our website, ratpack.productions. There's a banner that you'll see on the side there. Click on that first. It takes you to Amazon. Do your shopping as you normally would, especially before Christmas. Christmas oh, yeah. is coming up. Because when this is released, yeah. it's, uh, it's past Black Friday maybe. Uh, Somewhere around yeah, it's getting close or already passed. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, do your shopping through Amazon. It helps support the show. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but we get a little bit of a percentage out of that. Because there's still going to be COVID. Yeah. Regardless of who's in charge, there's Br- still going to be COVID. <laughs> Brick and mortar is out. It's all about Amazon. Uh-huh. Uh, that's 1994's Pulp Fiction, directed by Quinn Tarantino. Check out our website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoiler Show. Check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email at spoilers at ratpackpodcast.com for any questions, opinions, and movie requests. Please rate and review the show on the podcast app. Apple Podcasts, I think is what so it's So it can help us in the rankings. Yeah. If you leave us a review on iTunes and leave us a recommendation for a movie you want us to watch, that movie will go to the top of our list and we'll watch it before any other requests. So we're recording this early. Yes. But the next week that this comes out, it's maestro's pick for the thankful oh dear god and it's something called 2005's kill zone so i was curious i looked it up and it's donnie yen donnie yen yeah i'm like okay mm-hmm. it's one of those kind of movies yes it is so uh no oh wait no that's his birthday pick oh doesn't he because you separate the oh that's true the birthday, right yep his, his thankful pick at this point we'd already watched yes which is conan the barbarian the one with Arnold. Arnold, the original. Which, by mm-hmm. the way, by the time I get to watching that, 
I guarantee you I will wash that down with a Jason Momoa version of Conan the Barbarian just so I can see how different the movies are. I Oh, um, oh no. Yeah, that was Momoa. I was going to say The Rock, but The Rock was Hercules. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> the Never Rock mind. with long hair. How? Yeah. <laughs> so you wash it down with Momoa. So now it's Kill Zone, whatever this is. So I love how you have to keep them separated. Yes, I, I, I space them out as far as I can. Because I, I couldn't handle two Mishra movies back to back. I have a final question for you about Pulp Fiction before we wrap this episode up. Yes, sir. Do you think this would have been as good a movie if it was done in chronological order? Um, I don't know. Because the, 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 the theme that I discovered, the, of the redemption everybody saved... It wouldn't play out the same way if it was told because the the, the storyline is well. The, technically, it's the watch. Christopher Walken. The, the, yeah, that's that's that would be the first scene if yes. we're going chronological order, and then it's them going to Marvin's house. Brett. Yeah, Brett. Brett, and then uh, they shoot Marvin, and they go to they shoot Jimmy's house. Face. <laughs> they get cleaned up. They go to the bar where you meet Butch and Marcellus, and then a few days, and then. Uh, then the, the next day, the date. The date with Mia. No, Mia. Uh, goes to get drugs. Then yeah. goes to date with Mia. She ODs. The OD scene. And, <laughs> and then a few days later is the boxing match. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Later, after they clean up Jimmy, they go to the diner where they see uh, Tim Roth and True. Uh, yep. Honey Bunny. Sorry. And then it's the watch. Um, he goes back for the watch and then the torture scene. So – the last movie, the last scene of the movie would be Butch riding off on the chopper. Yeah. So the last line in the movie is Zed's dead. Uh huh. Basically. Zed's dead. So Zed's the dead. whole redemption scene doesn't play out if it's in chronological order, I think. I agree. It, it needs to be told this way. And it's great that it was told this way. Uh huh. Because yeah, I, I told you I was watching with Annie and she didn't recognize that they walked into the bar in those shitty clothes. I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> this is all. I had to go through the time with her because she was confused a little bit. I'm like, yeah, no, it it was perfect. Is it because it all tied together? It starts where it ends, or it ends mm-hmm. where it starts. Because Reservoir Dogs doesn't play it out of. Oh yeah, it does because it's the a opening scene. Not as much, the, but yeah. It's that, well, the only thing that's really out of time is the when you find out that Tim Roth is a cop, right? So then flashback to him like meeting the crew and. Uh, uh, him meeting them to join their little crew. Yeah. But he still does it um, out of order. Kill Bill was like, I know you don't like Kill Bill, but Kill Bill was told out of order, out of sequence too. So that kind of of came, uh, Jackie Brown was told in order. So Jack, so Jack, so the thing about Tarantino, he only likes doing movies that he wrote. He didn't write Jackie Brown. It was based on a novel. Oh, so Jackie Brown's kind of like his lost, underappreciated movie because people it's Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. Oh, and then Jackie Brown came out and then he did Kill Bill. Everybody raves about Kill Bill, but like now Jackie Brown's getting the attention where it's like, Hey, it's not that bad. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that one. I remember enjoying it. I like Jackie. I don't Brown. remember it very well, but I, I remember Jackie's enjoying it. That too. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So the, so that kind of became his little, his card 
his his card uh, telling stories out of sequence. But then he just evolved from there. Yeah. Because the last three were all in order, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had uh, Inglorious Bastards, Hateful Eight, oh, Django as well, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, All yeah. in order. Mm-hmm. All right. the, the, the thing that people, like, don't understand, like, you know how I always bitch about the hero movies? Yeah. It's okay. Hero. So, yeah. like, they're, they're, like, the big events now for, like, Hollywood, like, Oh, the next Avengers, that's a big deal. But like a new Quinn Tarantino movie, he's like the only guy that's not like a a sequel or a remake or a franchise that can get you in the theater and you're like, I don't know what I'm gonna watch. Like wow. holy shit, like, what's yeah. this gonna be? He's like the only guy I could think of. Oh, and uh Christopher Nolan. Okay, yep. They're the only two guys who could like it's a new Nolan, it's a new Tarantino. I'm there. I don't care what it's about, I'm there. All right, what, what do you think about uh Michael Bay? <laughs> I don't know if you saw Underground Six. That was pretty I, fantastic. No, I haven't seen it. Ryan like, Reynolds. He just, doesn't he just mainly do the Transformers now? No, the, that's when he did. It came out on Netflix. It's Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah, I yeah. know. But before that, didn't he do just yeah he five had, Transformers? He had, I don't even remember. He had a Transformer stretch for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you I was watching The Rock. The Rock is good. The Rock like holds up. Yeah, the does. Rock is really great. Yeah. If it wasn't for Face Off, that would be Cage's best like, action movie. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, real quick. This is fun. Before we leave, yeah. Tarantino, this Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was his ninth movie. He like, supposedly is retiring after his tenth movie. And everybody's – there's rumors that he's going to do a Star Trek movie. Like he wrote like a, a screenplay – to Star Trek, like the the newer Star Trek, like like the like the Chris, uh, what's his name, Chris Pine, like this version of Star Trek. Huh. There's rumors he's going to do a horror movie. Everybody wants him to do like a like a slash, like a Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth kind of slasher movie. People think that he's going to do like another western because he he grew up watching westerns. Wasn't he involved in Hostel? No, that was um, Eli Roth, or I think he produced it. It was like Quentin Tarantino presents. Okay. He was oh, he had some involvement. All right. Yeah, yeah. But like he's only directed nine movies and his tenth movie, he's supposedly re- he's going out with a bang, he said. I can't imagine you do a Star Trek. That that goes against what everything I, I know about him. What kind of movie so his all his movies recently they take place in the past. Would you want to see him do a movie like now that takes place now in our current time or still in the past? Well, if he does a movie in our current time, he can't say the N-word. So <laughs> It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he can. He just will get in trouble. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. And, and, but that's what's great about Tarantino. You, you, you can't know what to expect from him unless oh. there's a script, leak, uh, a script leaked and then he gets all pissy yeah. about it. It was the uh, Hateful Eight, right? He almost didn't release it because... Yeah, because the script leaked. Yeah. Yeah, you can't um, tell what he's going to do. That's... I know. That's, that's, that's you never would have thought he would do two Westerns. Right. <laughs> but the, the, but the, thing, the thing about... He said he wants to do his 10th movie and then he wants to write novels. He wants to be a novelist. I don't know. Because another thing, so, watching I, this... I, let me ask you this. Okay. I know you don't read books. You listen to the audio versions. Yeah. 
Would you listen if a he? No. Read a- <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, His voice is kind of a uh, yeah. great. I don't know. Plus, also another thing that I noticed about this movie, uh, this watching anyway, the cinematography, the way the camera angles are, is crucial uh-huh. to the way mm-hmm. he makes his movies. Yeah, you can't do that in a book. That'd be hard for him to pull off in a book. He had the Goodfellas uh, shot the when they when when Henry takes uh, um, uh, Karen through the back of the club. Remember they, that's one sh- shot where yep. it goes through the back of the kitchen when Bruce is going through the back of the apartments. Yep. Oh man, it's oh it's good. It's 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 perfect. Everything the the way this was filmed is was perfect, and mm-hmm. you can't you can't go to books after that. No, no, no. I know. Use your but talents, that's, man. That's what he says he wants to do. But yeah. we'll see. People say a lot of things. People claim to win things that they didn't actually win. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And the world keeps churning. Uh-huh. Stick to what you're good at. <laughs> well, that's it. I'm I'm off into the world of uh, paternity leave. This Congratulations was fun. again, my friend. Thank you. Very happy for you. Thank you. I'm glad we went off with this one. You got Bruce as a treat. Yeah, I got the movie I always wanted to do. Well, Goodfellas is the one I've always wanted to do. That'll have to be for next year. Yeah. But um, yeah, I finally did my Pulp Fiction. I got my Pulp Fiction thoughts out. Good times, man. Yeah, good times. All right. Until next week where, where you have to watch Killzone. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm Hollywood. <laughs> I'm Adam. <laughs>